Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD kids, martial arts, and executive functioning. With us in our virtual studio is Peter Johnson, co-author of ADHD in the Focus Mind with uh, Dr. Sarah Shayette, who we've had on our show before. Before we get into the meat of the show, um, first I want to thank um, Chad for that's children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for their um, support of our of our programming. Um, in celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away digital copies of Attention Magazine. Uh, to get yours, listen to our show. We will share a secret word uh, in the show. Uh, write it down and uh, listen to another show for a secret word. Write that down. Then email me those secret words. This, the uh, Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and when I get it, forward on to uh, Chad, and we will get you a PDF copy of the current issue of Attention Magazine and a copy of the next one when it's in print. Um, Chad's got a little uh, tip we want to uh, share with you, and then we'll get into the show, so here we go. Are you a young adult newly diagnosed with ADHD or who is transitioning to independent adulthood? We know all too well the highs and lows that come with independently managing your ADHD. Chad's Adult to Adult Education and Training Program offers self-paced and on-demand training courses to support you in living and thriving with adult ADHD. To learn more, visit us at chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. On to our content. Again, we got a, a fascinating show where we're going to talk about ADHD, martial arts, and executive functioning. And we're referencing a lot of shows. We'll bring it really all how this comes together so we can understand the practical application and inspire you um, to, uh, to go out there and exercise your mind and your body and uh, your spirit. Uh, Peter Johnson, uh, after 30 years of study, Peter is a seventh degree black belt in karate. Over the past 20 years, he has seen a rise in students seeking training due to a diagnosis of ADHD, as well as parents and school counselors as a means to manage ADHD behavioral and has helped um, thousands of families. Um, he's a certified instructor with some details that I'm going to kind of skip through because he's he's knows what he's doing, uh, but he's I really want to emphasize that he's appeared on DVDs, on online fitness streams, QVC Home Shopping Network, Chrome 4, as well as seminars and conferences on personal assertiveness and training for elementary schools in, to corporate America. He's got a bachelor's degree and arts degree in English uh, literature while teaching martial arts full-time. 
along with Dr. Uh, Sarah Shayat and Dr. Ben Shayat. He's a contributing author of the book ADHD and the Focus Mind. Uh, the book focuses on how to use the successful coaching techniques of world-class athletes to unlock a child's potential. Uh, you can learn more about him going to his website at San Bruno Martial Arts. Uh, dot com. That's S-A-N-B-R-U-N-O-M-A-R-T-I-A-L-A-R-T-S dot com. And uh, so with that, Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks a lot. It's it's awesome to be on. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, doing what I do is kind of – it's an adventure. You know, I've been doing this podcast for over 10 years, and when I first started to do it, I thought, you know, one show a week, you know, it's 52 topics – you know, Ten years later, I'm up at the 550, and I get connected with some characters. So, everybody, I got connected with Peter through um, Dr. Sarah Shayette, who I've interviewed a couple times. And um, Peter is, 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 works a lot with kids in martial arts. And our show today is really to kind of talk about – we've had Sesame Street on. We've had Dr. John Rady on about exercise. We've, we've had uh, Roger DeWitt on talking about actors. And I've talked about my athletic background. And all that stuff is all there, but – we talk about theory all day long, but um, Peter Peter works with kids in martial arts, and we really want to talk about how all that theory comes together and how, while Peter looks like he's teaching martial arts, but for the ADHD crowd, really it's all about executive functioning. We want to kind of get you guys excited about, like, this is like when you start talking about the experts, if, if you really get into this stuff, it really kind of makes a lot of sense. So just real briefly – because um, I want to get into some other stuff. How did you get into martial arts originally yourself, Peter? Oh my goodness, this is a this is a great story. <laughs> As a young kid, my my dad was very much into boxing, and my brothers played soccer. And I I expressed an interest to get into boxing at the age of seven. And my dad took me to a very sweaty gym, and I was the only kid there. And I I wasn't allowed to spar. I just I, I could hand wraps, and I would they would let me hit the heavy bag and kind of just toy around the gym, but. You know, that was my first introduction to martial arts was actually boxing. And that went for about six months till I saw that my brothers got soccer uniforms. And I said, hey, I don't get a uniform. I just get sweaty guys training next to me and it stinks. <laughs> so I, I, got in, I, got, I got out of punching and I got into kicking soccer balls. And I played soccer for about 15 years. So later in life, I, I, I that rekindled that, that desire to get into martial arts. And it was actually the Karate Kid movie that kind of really pushed me over the line from dabbling to really getting involved with it. And that was, you know, wow. 30, 30, 31 years ago. And I, I, I would love to say I've been very consistent for the entire 31 years. And, you know, it's been really a great, great, great ride for me. It's, you know, I was a high school teacher and didn't think that I was going to be teaching martial arts full time. And then I had one of those moments of epiphany and really just became a full-time martial artist about 20 years ago. And it's just been an incredible opportunity. And at the time I was, you know, I, I said, Hey, look, I'm, I'm using books and pens and papers to help improve people who, who they are and what they do in life. And I just traded that for a physical medium. You know, I'm using punches, mm-hmm. kicks, postures, breathing to do the same exact thing, just from a different Avenue, you know? So, yep. you know, I've got into competition and it's been fun. It's been really a great time. Yep. So normally we do this. I'm, I'm going to do this later, going to commercial, but everybody out there, you, uh, Peter has co-written a book with Dr. Sarah Shayette called ADHD and the Focus Mind. Um, again, ADHD and the Focus Mind, you can go uh, search on Amazon. Um, so he's kind of coming together, but here's here's the backdrop to this. is um, 
interviewed Dr. John Rady years ago, who wrote the uh, he co-wrote the book Driven Distraction, the best-selling ADHD book of all time. But he also wrote a book called Spark, and it talked about the impact of uh, exercise on all kinds of things. ADHD, I think, is chapter six, but it also talks about depression and Alzheimer's and everything. And as Dr. Rady has said, if they could put exercise in a pill, it would be the ADHD drug of the century. And what exercise does is it does a lot of exercise is about physical movement and learning. Um, in the old days when we had to forage for food, you had to learn what you were doing to kind of get the food in order to feed the dopamine, the pleasurable side. And so we know physical exercise is, is, is excellent. There's also another side. That's mental fitness. And recently I did a presentation at the 2020 International Conference on ADHD, and I introduced the concept of uh, fitness exercises and specifically Exercises about shifting attention where you're focused on an object and you notice how your mind wanders away and you come back to it. That's like practicing the, the shift of attention. Gratitude journal is a, is, is a practice of shifting attitude, and we're, we'll talk more about that stuff later. And then the other one is emotional um, fitness. And one of the things I have clients do because ADHD is an issue of self-regulation and emotions are something you need to regulate. And at the last election, I had a lot of my clients that were struggling with emotional regulation. If you were a Trump fan, you had to watch CNN news. And if you're a Biden fan, you had to watch Fox news. And as you would feel the blood start to boil, you'd have to catch yourself and kind of calm down to practice mental exercises so you could self-regulate. And so I've got into this whole realm of fitness as an umbrella. And as an athlete myself, I think of things in terms of exercises. And that's why I said those are attention exercise to shift your attention, to practice shifting your attitude, and practice shifting your emotions. And so Dr. Rady's also talked about the, the notion that, you know, exercise is good, but exercise where there's movement is really important because it requires executive functioning in order for you to get those movement rights. And martial arts is front and center. Um, understanding is that you've got to visualize and use working memory to execute moves and different types of things to advance is, is having you really practice that stuff over and over and over. It looks like, I mean, for the kids that are taking it, they, they're focused in on, Hey, I'm going to punch this thing and you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a great executive functioning exercise for kids with ADHD. And it's kind of funny because while you were into martial arts, this notion of, hey, this is really good to help kids with ADHD, was that from the beginning or that kind of kind of came in the side when you were working with Dr. Shayet's kids? Is that right? Yes. So, look, if you ever went to a dojo, at least my dojo, you're going to hear the word focus more than probably any other word in a dojo because it's the idea of learning how to focus your mind. I mean, you mentioned some really great things about the idea of mental exercises. You also mentioned about emotional fitness and part of martial arts training has specific patterns in them. And I've always taught that the very first key or step to being masterful in anything is first memorizing it, but that's not where it stops. Memorization is a mental exercise but once you connect emotional fitness to what you've memorized, you now start to go from memorizing to internalizing. And when you internalize something, what you've done is you've connected your mind and you've connected your spirit. And the martial arts is just about using that body as a bridge to get those two things to come together. As we do the physical exercises, our mind becomes what's called – in the Japanese, it's called mushin. And it's, be, it's a state of no mind. So you're not consciously thinking thoughts, but you're concentrated on one specific, one specific object, whether it's visualizing an opponent or whether it's just mental clarity on breath 
Learning how to tighten the mind in that state of motion allows your body to flow. And then when that happens, what you're doing is you're becoming your best self. And athletes would call that being in the zone. We would call that more being in a flow state and learning how Mm -hmm. your mind is really connected through body. And then the emotional piece, that spiritual piece, we're a a three-part people. I mean, we are three parts. We are a mind, we are a body, and we are a spirit. You can go anywhere on the planet, and you're going to get agreement on that one aspect. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to harness those and get them to work together, I think, in the martial arts is powerful. I mean, Bruce Lee talked about with emotional content and feel. Well, as a martial artist, we're not crying. We're not mad. We are just using the power of our emotional self, that emotional fitness, that strength that can get us to overcome. In the book, mm-hmm. you know, ADHD and the Focused Mind, Dr. Shayette says the spirit is the immeasurable part of a person. And what that means is because our spirit is immeasurable, we're able to accomplish things that in the beginning our rational mind doesn't think are possible. But as we go through different challenges, we incrementally put ourselves together, we find ourselves accomplishing things that things, things are impossible. It's not uncommon for me to work with a student in the very beginning you know, the parent will look and say, look, I, I, you know, you don't know my child. They're not going to be able to do this. I mean, yes, that may work for that other ADHD child, but it won't work for mine. That's a very, very common, you know, mm-hmm. way yep. of looking at it. But when yep. they start to go through exercises, they start to learn these little basic things they can do. We do not change overnight, but we do change over time. And learning how to connect those things brings them together. You know, you mentioned that words, that book, Spark, and that was one of the books that Dr. Shea shared with me years ago, and I said, martial arts training, when you talk about ADHD, there's a very negative viewpoint. Oh, oh no, they've got ADHD. But I will tell you, there is an effervescence that someone's ADHD possesses that people without it, they, they mm-hmm. lack. And so yep. there's, an op- there's an opportunity to get that, that bubbliness, that spontaneity, that creativity, that out-of-the-box thinking, which – our world is not static. Our world is always moving. It's just learning how to harmonize yep. and get all three of the parts, the mental focus, the emotional fitness, and the physical. You could call it discipline. I think people have negative connotations to the word discipline. I just like to call it self-control. You know, another word for discipline is control yourself and be in control. Only you can move your body. It, the, the discipline to me actually has a negative connotation. You have to do this a certain way. Well, well, really, what we're talking about is self-regulation. We've talk, we've, I've talked about this for years with Dr. Russell Barkley, the ability to pause and direct an action back on yourself to change your, uh, your, change your behavior for the future and to be able to pause and be in a mindful state and to think about these things and be aware of your thoughts, aware of your emotion and aware of your body is really what I'm hearing ultimately that your training, which is really helpful for people with ADHD. So I hope our listeners are starting to understand why this really all starts to kind of come together. I want to go Jeff, to break. Here's, and a, here's, here's, an ex- go ahead. here's an exercise that people can do right now. Take out a pen, write down the word discipline, D-I-S-C-I-P-L-I. N-E. Even if you look at the word discipline, it's staring at you right in the face. The letter that appears the most in the word discipline is the letter I. And that means that's the most important component when you're getting somebody to be able to have self-control. Wow. Love it. <laughs> I love that. I was an English <laughs> major in college. <laughs> so, um, Words do funny things. Yes, sir. Yeah. 
actually, I tell you what, let's go to break. When we come back and we'll, we'll pick up on a few things. And what I want to do is I want to get in to talk to Peter about specific things that he does with kids. And we're we're going we're gonna to take a look at extra things that, we, that look at different areas so that you guys can see what this looks like, both for kids and adults. Um, before we go to break, our secret word tonight is uh, martial, as in martial arts. And uh, Peter's, uh, check out the book, again, Amazon. Uh, the book is called ADHD and the Focus Mind. And also, with the pandemic and, the, and, and, and technology today, Peter is in the, uh, Northern California, but he's doing work with people really kind of all over the place. So check out his website, and I'm going to spell it S-A-N-B-R-U-N-O-M-A-R-T-I-A-L-A-R-T-S.com. If you're listening to this on Spotify or podcast, you can just kind of back up and hear that again. And uh, if you'll bear with us, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer. Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents. And Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here um, with Peter having a great conversation yes. about exercise and um, martial arts, etc. cetera. Uh, before we kind of move a little bit further, one thing I want everybody to kind of keep in mind, I, I was an athletic, I was a swimmer, but I was my sport by trade, and I remember I started at the summer um, – country club swimming league and then i got into competitive and started training and then i was just competing at local stuff and then i was trying to get to the regional stuff and then i was trying to make junior nationals and then i was trying to make nationals and then olympic trials and then trying to make finals and consolation finals etc and there's a process there's a development of your skill along those ways in terms of as you advance and martial arts has got the same stuff built into it but we also trained in swimming different energy system whether it was your anaerobic or your aerobic system we would do different uh, exercises Exercises to um, build up your breath. We call it hypoxic training, where you're breathing. Sometimes, I mean, even today, I'll do um, you know uh, uh, 20 25s on 25 seconds, holding my breath. So I'm only taking two breaths at each side to go to kind of build up those particular levels. And Peter, when we get into 
some of these things, I just want to kind of frame out a few things. You have the mind, the body, and spirit, but three ingredients that you we had talked about is the focus of your eyes, or the focus of your mind, and focus of your body. And as we go through some of these things, you could just kind of help kind of highlight those things of what you're isolated. And the first um, exercise that you do is the clock uh, – the clock exercise. I'm just going to say that. Can you describe what that is and how it works and when you're working with kids? Fabulous. Uh, I don't know if you'd like to be giving the breakdown what it happened. I was working with a child one time that was off the charts, and the parents were frustrated. They were just at their wits end, and this, this child just couldn't pay attention, just wasn't able to be there centered and focused. And I thought the first thing we teach in order for concentration to, to develop there's three things that has to happen. Your eyes have to be under your own control, which means you got to focus. you got to look at what you're doing. Your mind's got to be able to focus on what you're doing. you got to think about it. And then finally, your body's got to be focused. You have to be under your own control, moving your body the right way for the right time at the right reason. In the martial arts, we call that might for right. So using your strength for the best possible. But this exercise, Clockwork Mind, is really simple. It's teaching the physical muscles of the eye to stay attuned to one thing. So if you take a, take a clock with a second hand and you watch that second hand go around, the second hand starts at the 12. The exercise is real simple. Every time you get to a new number, you would just clap your hands. So the number would move to the letter one, I'd clap. It would move to the letter two, I'd clap. And it would move all the way around the clock. Now here's the key. If I looked away or I lost a number, I would let the clock finish, go all the way back around to the 12, and I'd start over. The goal would be to get all the way around the clock at every number with a clap. There's ways to make it more, you know, more challenging. Maybe one they might clap, the next one they might whistle, the next one they may like, you know, snap their fingers or, you know, get up and sit down. Mm-hmm. But it's really learning how to get the eyes to be focused at one thing. When you do that, you access other parts of the brain because – I teach in the martial arts, we have two simple kind of visions. We have thinking vision and we have survival vision. Your peripheral is what's happening on the outside of your body. So if you've ever had the experience of, you know, something coming at you at the last moment, you just move your head. You don't look at it. You just move. But how many times have you had that experience where somebody throws a ball or throws something at you and you're literally staring at it, watching, and it just hits you and you do absolutely nothing? I think when we're caught in between that idea of, you know, thinking vision, like the vision we use when we read, and the survival vision, the the vision we use when something's out of the corner of our eye or somebody says duck, we don't look to process. We just learn how to move our body. That clockwork Mm -hmm. mind exercise I found was really good to get that. So going back to the story, I'm working with this child, and we did one, one whole minute. It took us about maybe a week. We were training two times a week. It took us one week to get all the way around the clock just with a clap. And the first time we did it, there was so much success, and I look at this student, and I tell the story in the book, but I looked at him and I said, look, the world moves really slow, doesn't it? And there was just this nod of agreement and inside <laughs> this child's eyes. Inside this child's eyes came across, oh, finally, somebody that understands me. And I looked at him, and I said their name, and I said, look, I can't make the world move faster, but what I can do is I can train you how to live in a slow world and not let it drive you crazy. That clockwork mind kind of unlocked and opened that door for me. And it just came about as a teaching tool that we were doing. I was, I was in a flow state as a teacher. So being in that flow state, that, that, that idea, that clockwork mind exercise came to me. 
And, and I use that as a foundation if I have a student that's not able to focus eyes. And what I really learned, to be honest with you, truth be told, it's not about the eyes. It's just about creating rapport. And it's mm-hmm. learning how to connect. And we all know that old phrase, the eyes are the windows to the soul. But I can tell you something. When you are making deep, meaningful, connected contact with the eyes, there's a different level of communication that's going on between the yep. two people. So yep. that, that, talk with that, that was like a groundbreaker for me. Yeah. So I want to insert something here just to kind of add context to what he's saying. There's an old saying that, that I don't know where I've heard it, but I've heard a bunch of different places, is when the world is in chaos – ADHD mind is cool as a cucumber, but when the world is calm, the ADHD mind is chaos. And the idea really is is to be able to live in a slower world. I was coaching an uh, ADHD kid years ago, was 17. He said, the only time I ever feel calm is when I'm in a race car, Formula One car doing 180 miles an hour because it finally speeds up to that pace. But we don't live in that kind of world. And so I, it really resonates with me kind of what you're doing in this situation. And what I also like is the fact that it took a week for this kid to get there, but they got there. And it can yes, happen – with focus and diligence and it's not like pressure filled environment where they've got to like focus in school where there's a lot of negativity. You're a very supportive individual that's kind of helping him work through this. And I'm sure you celebrate as you kind of got through that. So I just kind of want to just touch base on that. Any other, any other thoughts on the, on the clock exercise before we move on or comments? Well, the idea, look, the idea is if you watch any athlete at their peak, just look at what their eyes are doing. You, they're not, they're not yep. wavering, they're not going left, they're not going right, and there's a different physiological energy that comes through them because they're just controlling the muscles that control the eyes. When we're sparring, when we're engaged with a partner in training, if my eyes are looking all over the place, I'm not in control of myself. But when my eyes are fixed on one spot, mm-hmm. that just becomes a metaphor for the rest of your energy. It's learning how to focus and get everything to be directed. Okay. One exercise to build that skill to be used in other things. Tell us about the um, mind to paper exercise. Okay. So the state of motion is, can be translated as state of no mind. And so what I do is I have a, if I have a mind that's jumping and running all over the place, let's say I've trained my eyes, but we're human beings. Our brain will go everywhere it wants to go. So what I learned to do is we visualize, and we take them to a visualization. All right, I'd like you to close your eyes, and I'd like you to visualize a piece of paper. I'd like you to see nothing on that piece of paper. And it's okay if you see the edges of the paper, but keep focused on the piece of paper. Slowly, let that piece of paper become larger. Still larger, still larger, still larger, till eventually that piece of paper is so large, you can't see the edges anymore. And I want you to focus on the middle of that piece of paper. If you find yourself wanting to come off that piece of paper, see the edges again. Let the, let the paper get smaller. And then let those edges expand beyond your field of view, out past the horizon. So eventually what you're looking at is a plain center of that piece of paper. Your peripheral sees nothing. You're centered on one spot on the paper. And that's the exercise. It's simple. It's easy to do. But it's powerful because what it does is it act, activates the creative mind. Where I see a piece of paper, all right, was my paper a rectangle or was it a square? Was my piece of paper a circle? And I've had students say all different versions of shapes of paper. But eventually, as that paper expands and goes out, there's a calming effect, and there's an anchoring of the mind being in that present moment on one task. Mm. So I want to normalize something. You said a simple exercise. 
I, I'm, I, my gut is, is if somebody's watching this that's got ADHD and they're crawling out of their skin thinking about that. I, I mean, years ago, I was coaching a lawyer one time. We were just trying to get him to focus on a lit the, the fire of a candle for, I think it was like 20 seconds without his mind wandering. And it, I mean, it, was, it was difficult for him to do. We worked our way up to like 90 seconds. We're doing these exercises to help people train that type of stuff. So it's not a complicated when we think about it, but it's not always the easiest for people with exor- with ADHD to exercise. So that's why you do this is to get better at it. Is that Am I misrepresenting that, Peter? No, you're 100% spot on. And one exercise, one concept we teach in martial arts training is the difference between simple and simplistic. Simplistic is I can look at it. I can see it. And then when I try and get up and I do it, I can't do it. Simple is I can look at it, I can see it, I can do it. So when we do these different exercises, like if I, if I said to someone that's never exercised before, hey, I'd like you to do a set of, you know, five push-ups. Well, that's simplistic. My, my brain can wrap itself around it. I understand. I can see. I know what to do. But when I get down on the floor and I try to do five, I might get stuck. So then that mm-hmm. would be maybe more of a simple exercise versus simplistic. So Got that it. delineation between those two is really powerful. I like that. I like that. Tell you what, time-wise, I um, want to go to break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about, really emphasize the power uh, of, of, and posture of yes, which we'll come back to. Everybody, um, as you're listening to this, we're talking with Peter about what he does, but the bigger picture is this is like just fitness. Uh, mind, body, spirit, very helpful for ADHD. We're talking about what he does on a daily basis to work with kids to kind of help them control their minds to move forward in the martial arts area. Um, check out your uh, check out his book. Uh, his and Dr. Shiat's book, ADHD and the Focus Mind. You can just go to Amazon and search for that. His website, and I'm going to say this is San Bruno Martial Arts, but it's S A N B R U N O M A R T I A L A R T S dot com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com. Dot com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Peter Johnson, uh, co-author of ADHD and the Focused Mind. We've been talking about exercises he does with kids. And by the way, adults, this works for you too. Before the break, I alluded, I was anxious to talk about the power posture of yes. Can you tell us about what that's all about and how it works? Sure. You know, this is the most unlikely marriage I think that I would ever, you know, you could you could think of a, a cum laude graduate. Of, 
cognitive neuroscience from Princeton teams up with a professional martial artist to put this together. What brought us together was the idea that you can train your focus just like an athlete trains their body. And really understanding that comes a lot of physical exercises through the martial arts. But the, in martial arts, it is all about power posture. And it's just not a fighting stance. It could be just learning how to stand at attention or stand at courtesy or a parade rest. Power posture is really simple. You have somebody, you have somebody stand up and you ask them to say the word yes. And you notice their emotion. You notice their physicality. And you say, okay, well, I want you to double that intensity. Say yes. And when they double that intensity, you're going to see a new level of energy come through the physical body. Then you tell them to double it again. Say yes again. Now, you've got to model what you want to see. So part of it is if I'm coaching somebody through this, I'm modeling that idea of doubling it and getting more intense and getting the power that comes through that. But what I'm looking for is I'm looking for the physical adaptations that the body makes when they become more excited about the word yes. So finally, those become your physical anchors. So let's say we double this yes chant let's say we double it four times and the last one i'm just watching in like yes your you know your eyes close you squint your face your fists shoot up in the air then i realize that might be a physical anchor for you to get into a peak physiological state or a power posture in training that we use so if i've got something that i'm walking into and i'm doing something i don't feel like i'm going to be walking into it physically as my best be mindful our bodies are a physical translator for what is happening non-physically inside us. So if I can walk in that room in a physical space at that ability, maybe if I just squeeze my fist and stick my arms up above my head, maybe I squint my eyes and I don't even say yes, those physical anchors are going to bring in and flood my body with that biochemistry that comes along with that power posture. If I activate the voice, yes, what am I doing? I'm activating my conscious mind, but I'm also activating my breath. When I yell, I use my breathing differently, and your breath is the glue that attaches your mind to your body. So this power posture is a way of weaving these three parts of you all together. So that's why I say that that's an exercise that takes a couple moments, but it's like anything, Jeff. If I go to the gym frequently or if I go to Hawaii frequently or if I go to Fiji frequently – even when I'm not in Fiji, I can just close my eyes and I can be back there in an instant. And it's learning how to use that power posture exercise to always anchor that as your peak physical state, your posture of, yes, I can. So is it, the is it unrealistic to say that you, 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 you work to get to that and then you get to that posture to impact your mood? Effect, like in a roundabout way? If you write the word emotion down on a piece of paper and you look yeah. at the word emotion, most of emotion is motion. You're going to feel more how you move. You may not feel sad. You might be moving in a sad way. So I definitely, definitely agree with that. So, 100%. so what's in, Yeah, so everybody, this is what's really interesting. Back in 2014, I did an interview with Autumn Zatani of Sesame Street. At the time, I think she still does, but she was oversaw all the curriculum of Sesame Street, Uh, the TV show, the app, the YouTube channel, and the website. And uh, season 43 was dedicated to self-regulation. The whole season was me me won't cookie me wait. And there was self-regulation side, but there was emotional self-regulation side. In that interview, we spent a lot of time on that. And they used the Muppets to model um, emotions for preschoolers like – Sad, frustration, anger, really, because kids, emotion's emotion, but the idea is to help them distinguish what those differences were so that they could identify and name it and feel it in their body. And we, when we coach people, 
that struggle with emotional separation, we go to the body because the body doesn't lie. Like listen to your body and feel that stuff and notice when you're in that state to kind of tr- catch you, to ca- get you to kind of pause, belly breathe, take some deep breaths to, to downregulate your emotions and bring your thinking brain online. And Peter, kind of what I'm hearing is it's, 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 this is related, but if you want yourself to be in a certain emotional state or whatever, it's almost reverse. Focus on the body and emotion and have an impact. It's kind of like reverse engineering that in a weird kind of way, which I'm really talking out loud. I've never really thought about that term, but it's really kind of cool when you do it. The other thing too, I like about this is the focusing on the yes and the positivity as a way to override negativity. Is there a role that plays in this exercise or am I making something up? Well, I think it was Dr. Shad Helmstetter who wrote the book, uh, What You Say When You Talk to Yourself. And I think he – I don't know if he did the first research, but somebody said that, look, in an average person's upbringing before the age of 17 or 16, they're going to hear the word no anywhere from 150,000 to 250,000 times. And that's in a positive home. Uh-huh. But by contrast, they're only going to hear the word yes or affirmation maybe forty to 60,000 times. So we have this natural – the the street sign doesn't say please wait here on the curb the street sign says don't walk we have a natural predilection to see negativity so learning how to get that powerful word of yes is going to be bringing that out through that negativity that might be posture it's tough to hold on to a negative posture but it can become addicting and it can become a habitual pattern of movement so you need an exercise to break you out of that you know that state that you get so you know you get married to the state, you're going to take the emotions along with it. So it's learning how to take yep. that posture and transform it. And every emotion has a power. You know, when we talk about the power of emotions, you know, Bruce Lee said, when you move, you reveal yourself. Well, when somebody does move, if you're really looking, you can see what the inside person is saying. You can see what the inside person is feeling. So learning anger, what is, what is the positive side of anger? What is the positive side of frustration? What's the positive side of confusion? When you find what's positive about them, they have less control over you, and they're just places you're going to visit, but they're not going to they're not going to own you. And that's yep. the idea of getting your body getting your body first, because in a physical world, we have our physical body to move, and that's where we have to start. And in martial arts, that's where a lot of people make that breakthrough. Look, I'm not going to try to get you to focus. I don't want you to get you to focus. I can't control that. But what I can do is show you a way of moving that's going to help you feel a yep. lot different. If you're feeling frustration, on, if, you're, if your cocktail daily is frustration and confusion and anger, and I can show you a way of moving your body, which is going to feel empowered, in control, confident, you're going to want that more and more often until eventually the inside you is going to be changed and shifted because the outside you is moving. So I need to start pulling this together. For our listeners, what I hope that you are taking away is that fitness. There's the body, mind, soul, emotion, and relating it to athletics, and we begin to break down uh, martial arts into components. And, wow, it's martial arts. We've been talking about exercises that Peter uses to help people with their executive functioning bring focus, bring their mind, bring their body, bring their emotions present so they can channel into these things to go. It's a, it's a fundamental building block. And I hope that you're starting to understand the value of this in training, particularly for the ADHD brain. Peter, the one thing that I, 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 I've, I've coached this for a really long time, and I, I feel like it's not the elephant in the room, 
sometimes is we, we, we hear about these things. It all sounds really well and good, and there's really good intentions, but it doesn't really actually get implemented. And this is my belief system, so I'm not so sure that it's actually right. But you know, as an athlete for years, sitting and watching a clock and paying attention to that in, by yourself in isolation with the nags and the stuff of the rest of the world uh, coming at you, I have a tendency to get up and, and, and go do those things. And sometimes these exercises are not necessarily the most interesting at different times so you're into it of course but at the end of the day we're social people and with your dojo and stuff like that when you're bringing people together there's a community and stuff that's really making that happen and and i know as an athlete i used to go i mean i had a team members and i would there always socially and ever since i got out of college and since then i've had a training partner literally since 1988 like friends that i call up and i, I rarely ever exercised by myself and so really what I'm talking about right now is this all sells good and the implementation of it and going into a martial art class where there's people and there's interaction and there's other things brings a level of stimulation to the party. As we say, it's like the, the pilot light on the grill. It's when it's lit, then you can do these types of things. Can you just talk about our experience of, of doing this stuff in community and the advantages of that to actually activate and do this stuff? Uh, then I would have to say the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And that's going to be the definition for synergy. And synergy, when you break down the word synergy, you can obviously hear energy, but you can hear synthesis of energy. And the idea of synthesis of energy is we all have different ways of putting ourselves together. Some people it's a little bit more cognitive. Some people it's more experiential. Some people it's more like, hey, we hear something and it really inspires us. How different people come together to energize themselves, that creates that feeling of synergy and cohesion. And at the end of the day, when we celebrate our diversity and we know who we are as a separate person, celebrating our diversity creates a unity. And that in that diversity, as, as, as opposite as it seems, look, in a diversity, how are you going to get people to come together? Simple. You know who you are. You know how you're put together. You stand on your own two feet. Only you hear your thoughts the most. Only you believe your thoughts the most. That means you have to become your own best coach. And when you find that coach inside you, then when you connect with other people, you're going to be creating a unity of experience. And therefore, you're going to be able to do more than you thought was possible when you're in conjunction and connection with other people. That's what synergy means. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That's how training I, in the environment works. It, it absolutely brilliantly stated. You know, it, you said a second, find the coach inside of you. We go back to the beginning. A lot of martial arts is really about mindfulness and creating awareness and getting kind of control and finding yourself within yourself. And I definitely see how this all kind of connects the dots. So as we wrap this up, uh, Peter, any last comments before we close it out? You know, I think if I was going to make uh, 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 some cookies, I'd follow a recipe. But if I follow a recipe and I have the correct ingredients, but I put it in the improper order, I'm not going to get what I desire. And I teach people the first thing to focus on is in terms of doubling or building your concentration. Learn to focus your eyes physically. Just learn to be able to look at one thing. Once you've got that, then go to the next piece. Learn to anchor your mind on one thought. And your mind's going to drift. Let those drifting thoughts go like clouds. Come back to the same focus. Once you're able to focus your eyes, focus your mind, okay, then move on to the third one. What's your physical body doing in the physical world? Are you moving your body the right way at the right time? 
for the right reason. If you follow that order, that recipe, you're going to find concentration is a lot easier to grasp than this esoteric, you know, concept. So go back to making it physical, just like an athlete will train the arms, you'll train your eyes. Just like an athlete trains their legs, you're going to train your mind. Just like an athlete will train their abs, you're going to train your whole body and how it focuses together. So for our listeners, if you go back and replay from synergy to this point in time, uh, what is it, maybe two minutes of Peter talking? I got to tell you, we could do a whole show breaking down the details of the value of what he just articulated. Um, I could not have said it any better. I encourage you to go back and listen to at least those last two minutes a couple times over. So, Peter, I got to tell you something. I am, I'm grateful for Dr. Shayat connecting us, and I'm so grateful for you coming on the show. It's been a real treat. Thank you so much. Jeff, thank you very much. Everybody that's listening, look, time's going to be tough. You can make it through the tough times because what's inside you is greater than what's, what you're facing right now. Very, very well said. Everybody, go check out the book on Amazon, ADHD and the Focus Mind. Um, also, his website, Peter's website, uh, Martial Arts.com. I'll spell that, S-A-N-B-R-U-N-O-M-A-R-T-I-A-L-A-R-T-S.com. Thanks, us. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.